Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Win dixie Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zaslo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. 
That's 800-747-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. All right, welcome. Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Monday, the 29th of May. Good to have you aboard. We are a Blue Wire podcast presented, as always, by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. If you're involved in any kind of an accident, you call the best. I would only ever send you to the best. If you listen to Zaslow Show 2.0, you're practically one of my closest friends. And at Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys, if you've been involved in an accident, doesn't matter what kind. You're dealing with a personal injury. They're going to treat you like your family. Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. It is Memorial Day. 
but we're still doing a show here. However you're listening to us, always appreciate you hanging out with us. Of course, we're doing a show on Memorial Day. We have one of the biggest nights in Miami Heat history on the horizon tonight as we're only, we're several hours away. We got to figure out a way to kill the rest of the day. All of us, right? We're all on the same boat. Maybe you're doing a little bit of a barbecue. Maybe you're going swimming. Maybe you're going out with your family. I'm taking my family. We're going to do top golf. However, you got to kill the time. We're all in the same boat. We're killing time together to get to 8.30 tonight for one of the biggest nights in Miami Heat history. We're all in this baby together. Now, I don't know if all of our confidence levels are the same. I will tell you right now, hey, you know, last time we spoke, what was it on on? On Friday, I was super confident going into Game 6. Even the show we did on Thursday, after after the loss in, in, in Game 5. I t- well, actually, no, it would have been it would have been Friday was after the loss in Game 5. So I told you, I was super confident going into Game 6, and we were also reacting to Game 5's loss from the night before. And I told you, I'm here to make you feel better. I'm here to tell you, I'm very confident going forward. Unfortunately... I'm probably going to disappoint a lot of you guys. I am not confident going into tonight. I think it's extraordinarily difficult for them to recover from the finish that they had in Game 6. Now, you could say it's because of the referees, or it's because of this, it's because of that. However you want to look at it, I think it's incredibly difficult to recover from the way that Game 6 ended. I am not confident. I'm scared to death tonight. I am very, very nervous. I'm super anxious. I've been moping around these last couple days. Like, like I've been grieving. Like, you would have thought that someone died, all right? I, I am emotionally drained with what took place on Saturday night. Today's show, we're going to talk to our pal, Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio Morning Men, Evan Cohen, huge Heat fan. He's not doing a show today, so we're, we're going to give him a platform. We're going to do a little Heat talk with our pal, Evan Cohen. He'll join us coming up. We're going to do, look, we're doing pretty much all heat. Well, pretty much, I, we're doing all heat today. Today's show is about what's going on tonight, and today's show is about what happened on Saturday night. Real quick, before we keep moving forward, you know all of the sponsors on Zaslow Show 2.0. All huge South Florida sports fans. All huge heat fans. I've been going back and forth the last couple days with the Greensteins, family, friends, Water cleanup of Florida. Look, if you got a water clean water leak in your house or in your business, you don't know where it's coming from, you gotta call or text water cleanup of Florida. 954-900-8635. We're talking fully licensed, insured, certified to provide the one-stop shopping that all of us busy homeowners and business owners require. No need to bring in other contractors. It's my favorite part. They're handling water cleanup of Florida, the entire project from start to finish, serving the entire Tri-County area, Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach counties. Call or text Water Cleanup of Florida as soon as you notice you may have a leak. 954-900-8635 or go to WCUFL.com. You can go to Google. You can check out more than 80 five-star reviews. Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635. Water Cleanup of Florida, we clean up your schmutz. So, been talk- I've been back and forth with all my sponsors the last couple days. We're all in this thing together. Sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0, listeners of Zaslow Show 2.0. We're all in this thing together with tonight, one of the biggest nights 
in Miami Heat history. And no, I'm not confident because look, and, and you know, you may be saying, Zazzle, just, just use the logic you always use, which is if someone would have said before this series started, you're going to have game seven. Game seven. Doesn't matter where it is because we know the Heat don't care about that building. And I like, I still believe that. He don't care about that building. They don't care where they're playing. Before the Heat lost game five in Boston, they had won four in a row in that building in the playoffs. Games one and two this year. Games four and six last year. He don't care about that building. I'm not concerned about that part. The part that I'm concerned about is it's now it, it's it's now a one-game scenario. And yes, we've beaten them three times. But it's a one-game scenario against a team that is better than us and has also won three in a row. And most of all, not just the way that the game ended on Saturday night, but it's the way we've been playing. We've gotten our ass kicked in two of the games, and the last game, the only reason we were even in it was because the role players were phenomenal. Martin, Robinson, Struess, fantastic performances. And while it's not like I don't believe those guys can have good games on the road, we've seen it. We know the role players always play better at home. And we're also like, we're totally in the pressure cooker now, right? Where they may tell you it's not on their mind. Being the team that suffers the most historic collapse in the history of the NBA. It's never happened before. Being that team, maybe it'll motivate them, but at the same time, it's going to be in the back of your mind. And that could mess you up. Oh, the pressure's on the Celtics tonight. Pressure's on both teams tonight. It's game seven. What are you talking about? The pressure has shifted. Pressure's on both teams. And you got one of those teams that is insanely confident right now, and that's the Celtics. Do I think the Heat are confident? Yeah, I think they're a confident bunch, but they also know they've lost three in a row. So, let's talk about Game 6, and then we're going to bring on my pal Evan Cohen because we've got a lot to talk about with him. I have been emotionally drained these last couple days from that Game 6. You know, I'm an adult now. I don't behave during games the way that I did, even as recently as, you know, ten years ago, 15 years ago. I mean, all these games used to be life and death for me. It's not like that anymore. I've been through championships. I, I've, I've been through the, the biggest games. Now, I think part of it, that this is interesting, part of it, because what I was going to say is, my behavior, my intensity level in game six the other night was like peak Zaslow fan madness. It was like 10 years ago. It was like 15 years ago. It was like when I was a kid. You know what it was like? It was like before I was on the Heat broadcast. So I think part of that probably plays a role where this now, and and going back to Saturday night, was the first monster game, super high-pressure game, that I've watched solely as a fan in, we're talking... I don't know, 16, 17 years, right? Like going back to 2006 because the next super high pressure situations, I was on the Heat broadcast and I'm not going to act like a madman. And my, my intensity level Saturday night during game six was like way back then. It was peak 
Zaslow fan madness. And by the time the game was over, and certainly all of the next day, I mean, I was emotionally drained. Just completely drained. Like I haven't been in, in, like I said, maybe 17 years watching a Heat game. It was so intense, that game. We're fighting from behind the whole time. We finally, t- well, I know they took the lead 83-82 on a Robinson 3, and then, you know, they, they went back down by 10, right? And then the Celtics miss 11 straight shots. The Heat take the lead, and you have what, I, what I'm telling you. Now, obviously, tonight plays a role. If, if the Heat win tonight, we never have to think about it again. It's completely meaningless, the way that they lost game six. If the Heat win tonight, that goes away. We don't ever have to talk about it again. It means nothing. But if the Heat lose tonight, game six, the finish to game six, is the worst moment in Miami Heat history. It surpasses Allen Houston. That game six finish was the most devastating moment in Miami Heat history. Because of what was at stake. Because of what was on the line. Yes, the Heat were a number one seed when they lost in the first round game five on the Allen Houston shot. Guess what? If the Heat win that game, you still got two more rounds to win until you could go to the NBA Finals. And you would have ran into the, to the 1999 eventual world champion, San Antonio Spurs. But that was the first round. The Allen Houston shot is devastating. It was also the first round. You take a buzzer beater there, Allen Houston. Which, by the way, wasn't exactly the buzzer. It was a few tenths of a second left. But you take the buzzer beater for Allen Houston there. And you take the buzzer beater here. And line up the stakes. One ended your season in the first round. And this one, if the Heat lose tonight, essentially ended your season in the Eastern Conference Finals. And you have to factor in, we were up three games to none. It's the worst moment in Miami Heat history. I don't even think it's close. It's not. I don't even believe it's close. So we're all dealing with that. And as a result, like, I'm I'm drained. Like, I gave everything I had to that game Saturday night emotionally. And just completely drained. So, does that play a role in how I feel tonight? Yeah, probably. So... I want to talk about the officiating from Game 6. Now, you know how I feel about this. By the way, officials tonight, two of the three. Scott Foster, Tony Brothers. The third's John Goble. Scott Foster, I don't have a problem with Scott Foster. I know I was, oh my God, it's Scott Foster. There is nothing wrong with Scott Foster as an official. Tony Brothers, on the other hand, is one of, if not the worst official in the NBA. That one I got a problem with. But you know what? Maybe... Maybe what evens things out tonight is you need a guy who's a terrible official to make terrible calls, and hopefully they go against the Celtics. Maybe maybe that winds up being a good thing. You know, the Celtics are a better team. They're at home. You need something to kind of throw things off kilter. Maybe that's Tony Brothers. Maybe an awful official throwing things off kilter is what you need if you're the Miami Heat. In general... I don't believe any of these bullshit NBA conspiracy theories. I don't care about any of that stuff. The league wants a game seven, more money. The league's on welfare? NBA's not doing well? 
They've, they've spent their billions of dollars a year on the TV deal? They're out of money? I don't believe that stuff. Do I believe that officials can make terrible calls? Yes. And so, there were a lot of terrible calls in Game 6. For one, and, and yes, I'm going to complain about the officials because we're all emotional right now and we're all angry and we're all trying to figure out what the F happened on Saturday night. Overall, if Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo play better, do the Heat win? Yes, of course. Everybody knows that. That's in our control. But the official stuff is out of our control, and it's really difficult to... to, to it's, it's difficult to, 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 to rationalize what took place there. So yes, overall, Jimmy was terrible leading up to the fourth quarter. And I, I think Jimmy's out of gas. And, and this, is, this was my big fear with Jimmy. I haven't felt Tyler Hero not playing. I don't think Tyler Hero plays tonight. If he was going to play, you bring him back at home. Kind of like a warm-up game, game six, instead of do or die game seven. I do not believe Tyler Hero plays. And, and he was listed as out yesterday. I thought he was going to play Saturday night. But Tyler being out, I have not felt was a big deal. Because it means the ball's going to be in Jimmy's hands more. You don't just lose the field goal attempts from Tyler Hero. You don't just lose the points that he scores. Someone else is going to take those shots. And that someone else has been Jimmy Butler. So it's a good thing. Unless 35-year-old Jimmy Butler gets tired. Because he's doing too much. And yeah, that's what it looks like is happening to me. That was my big fear. And it looks like that's what's happening. Because... I mean, is he hurt? I don't think so. You're never going to know. He'll never tell you he's hurt. I think he's out of gas. I think he's totally out of gas. You know, like you saw essentially in in game six in the 2020 finals in the bubble. He had that unbelievable series, unbelievable game five, had nothing left in the tank game six. Totally out of gas. And that's what I saw. And still... Managed to will his team to a lead with 2.1 seconds left? No. With three seconds left. So, the league's two-minute report came out yesterday. We're all looking forward to the league's two-minute report, right? Because they're going to admit that there was a mistake. Because here's the thing. It can't be both. If they call the foul at three seconds left, when Al Horford... Looked like he was about to touch. Like his fingertips may have been touching Jimmy Butler's hip. That was three seconds. The first thing I would tell you is, there is no chance in the world that the official is calling that a foul in that spot. Three seconds left in the game. Because it's not even a foul. There is no chance the official is calling that a foul in that moment. But let's say he did. If that was the foul that was called, which it wasn't, because you're watching the game, the official did not call a foul there. But let's say it was. Let's say when they reviewed it in the replay center, that was the foul that they called. Okay, logical. Then it's not a three-shot foul. Then it's just a foul on the floor, and the heater in the bonus, and they're getting two shots, not three shots. If he's getting three shots, it's because he was fouled and he was hacked across the arms. That was with 2.1 seconds left. That was when the clock stopped. You want to put back some time? Okay. Also logical. Can't be three seconds. 
We know what it looked like at three seconds. Can't be three seconds, so it can't be both. If the foul was at three seconds, it's a two-shot foul. If the foul was on the shot, it wasn't three seconds. Somebody fucked up. It can't be both. One of them is wrong. Oh, but the last two-minute report came out yesterday. The last two-minute report said they got the timing right. Okay, now let's use some common sense. The last two-minute report meant nothing coming out yesterday. The last two-minute report corrects official mistakes in the last two minutes of every game for transparency purposes, and they show mistakes are made every game. Every game. Oh, but Zazlo, so so why would they be covering this up? Mistakes are made all the time in live-action plays, live-action whistles. The officials are human. There are going to be mistakes. And the league wants transparency, and that's why the last two-minute report will show these mistakes. Okay. There is no way the league was going to include in the last two-minute report that a mistake was made upon a replay review. When several officials, not just the officials on the court, but you have officials in Secaucus, New Jersey, who were on the phone, who were on the speakers, who were on the headsets together, and reviewing a play, not a live-action whistle, or reviewing a play in slow motion with the clock syncing together, and having a conversation, not in live time, not live action, and are figuring out what happened, and they still got it wrong? You think that's going to be included in the last two-minute report? They lose all credibility. What's the point of replay then? We did replay and they still got it wrong? There's no time limit for the replay. You could sit there for 20 minutes. They do it all the time. Get it right. And they still got it wrong, which they did, but they're not going to admit that because then what the hell is the point in all this replay? What the hell is the point in the challenges? What's the point in communicating with Secaucus and having the headsets on and slowing everything down? There was zero chance in the last two-minute reports were they going to admit that they screwed up the time. Without question, they screwed up the time. Because it can't be both. Either it was three seconds and it's a two-shot foul, or it's a three-shot foul and there is much less than three seconds remaining. It's impossible for it to be both. And they screwed up. They effed it up. Now, did the Heat screw up by not boxing out properly on the final play? Yeah, of course. And unfortunately, two major plays in the game were as a result of an error from Bam Adebayo. The final play where Marcus Smart misses, and the coach right after the game. Like, if Marcus Smart throws up any kind of normal Marcus Smart brick, game's over. It literally bounced the only place it could bounce in the most perfect way for a putback with the minimum one-tenth of a second remaining for the Celtics to win. But Bam in that spot has to understand there's so little time left that boxing out at the free throw line is not logical. You got to box out right in front of the rim. Because if the guy at the free throw line were to get the ball, not doing anything with it. You got to crash the rim if you're Bam out of bio in that spot and knock that ball away. 
That's a major error. The second major error was, what are we talking? Several free points, at least two free points, that the Celtics were given because of a really bad mental error by Bam at a bio on a goaltend. I still don't have an explanation for what happened, but I understand the rules well enough to know that Jalen Brown was fouled by Kyle Lowry, so he's going to go to the free throw line for two shots. But on that play, Bam blocks the shot legally, but it's called a goaltend because he used the rim for leverage. So the basket's going to count. That's two points that they shouldn't have had because Bam is grabbing the rim. And because you grab the rim during play, that's an automatic technical foul. So that's a free point right there that they're also getting. So as a result, a four-point play where three of those points were gifted to Boston because of a mental error from Bam Adebayo. And that's just the truth. Two monster plays Two monster errors from Bam, who we know had a dog shit game. So yes, the biggest thing is the Heat's big guys, Butler, and even though Butler came through in the end, Butler and Bam were terrible. But the Heat can control those things. That's on them. Having other people F up your chance to win, the referees, we can't control, and that's really frustrating. That part is unacceptable. Got no problem pointing the fingers at ourselves when we don't do things that we need to do to win. But you can't control incompetence. And that's what happened several plays in that game from the officials, most notably at the very end, which was total bullshit. And then, and then, by the way, so you'll also have this where, oh, the, the TV and the game clock... They're not the same. They're not in sync. Sometimes they're off by a very small amount, by several tenths, very small amount. Some, the game clock and the TV clock are not always in sync. Okay, I, I've never heard that before, but I suppose that's logical. Except here's the thing. Why were the game clock and the TV clock perfectly in sync on Derek White's putback? Derek White's putback came with one-tenth of a second left, and the game clock... And the TV clock were exactly in sync for that moment. But they weren't in sync, apparently, on the Butler three-point foul. And an extra nine-tenths of a second had to be added. I've been watching basketball my entire life. Yes, there are plenty of plays late in games where time is added back on the clock. I have never watched one of these games and wondered, why the hell is that much time being added? I have never been told it's because the game clock and the TV clock are not exactly in sync. I've never watched the end of a game and had no idea why X amount of time was added back to the clock. And then again, why was the clock, the game, and the TV perfectly in sync to the tenth of a second on the very next play? They figured it out there, didn't they? It's bullshit is what it is. It's bullshit. They fucked up. It's bullshit. And now, you got a scenario tonight, which, I mean, if it doesn't go our way, it's a sleepless night. I don't even know that Sheets and Giggles will help us sleep. You know I'm getting the most comfortable sleep out there because Sheets and Giggles. Sheets and Giggles has been a sponsor on Zaslow Show 2.0 for a couple months now. And hey, 
SheetsGiggles.com. That's where you go. You're going to get the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets you've ever slept on. The comforter. I got a eucalyptus pillow. You can get it. You ever sleep on a eucalyptus mattress? Go to SheetsGiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo at checkout. You get 20% off your first order. Use promo code HEAT. You'll get 25% off your entire order. SheetsGiggles.com. My man, Colin, founder and CEO. Uh, like I said, all sponsors on Zazlo Show 2.0 are huge South Florida sports fans. My man Colin, he's crushed about the Heat also. Super excited about the Panthers. So not only does he love our teams, but he's helping all of us sleep better. Sheets and Giggles, you know, you know the show is taking off Zazlo Show 2.0 when Sheets and Giggles is on board. Go to SheetsGiggles.com. You'll never shop anywhere else for Sheets. Just like the Zazlo family, you'll be... You'll be one of over 100,000 Americans that are sleeping on Sheets and Giggles. Go to SheetsGiggles.com. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone knows all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 are brought to us by the official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0. Johnny Cuba, pick up a six-pack. Hey, you may need all six of them tonight. Pick up a six-pack at your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco Imas. We're talking European roots with that Caribbean soul. Pick up a refreshing German lager in a can. Always drink responsibly when you're drinking Johnny Cuba. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay tranquilo. Joining us here, Sirius XM, Mad Dog Radio, Morning Men. Everybody knows my favorite show in the world is our pal Evan Cohen here with us, who also represents the Heat like no one else on a national level. Huge Miami Heat fan. Evan, good morning. I appreciate you hanging out with us here on Memorial Day. And tonight, uh, it, it ends one way or the other. Either this team finally puts away the Celtics or they suffer the biggest collapse in the history of the NBA and we are a laughing stock forever. You'll never be able to live it down. The stakes couldn't be higher. How are you? Yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm anticipating 8.30. Let's just get us to 8.30 here. couple of things. So I don't want to nitpick this. I don't think it's the biggest collapse in NBA history. Well, one, I don't think it's going to happen. But two, if it does happen, hypothetically, I think the Warriors against the Cavs is still the biggest collapse. 73 wins, up 3-1 in the finals, much bigger stakes, okay? But I do agree with you. I have played out for a little bit in my head all of the people that have said, you know what, I got to apologize to the Heat. Heat culture is a real thing. They really do things that nobody else does. That all goes out the window if they lose tonight. I mean, that's it. Like, we're going to hear all the Heat culture stuff. We, we, they'll never live it down. You're a 1,000% right. And in my lifetime, in your lifetime, if you think about it, 
like the New England Patriots have the single greatest win and the single greatest loss of our lifetime. If you actually think about it, right? They have the single greatest win down 28-3 and the single greatest loss as an 18-0 season, right, in the in the Super Bowl losing to the Giants. The Heat have some of the greatest wins of our lifetime as a basketball fan, whether I'm, sorry, I'm not even saying Heat fan, just in general. The championships they've won, right? The Ray Allen shot, that series to have some of the greatest wins, I, I played out the nervousness of, oh, my God, are they also going to have the greatest loss because it kind of works both ways. But that all said, Zaz, okay, and I know I'm long-winded on this, but I need to say something. There is nothing about this season that has made sense. Nothing. They do absolutely nothing in the offseason. Nothing, right? They, there's no move that you sit here going into the season and say, oh, there you go. Whether you're supportive of P.J. Tucker going or not, they do absolutely nothing in the offseason. They have an awful regular season. Awful. I mean, losses to the Pistons, the Spurs. The, basically, they've lost to the lottery. The entire lottery they have lost to, in some cases, multiple times. They lose a play-in game to Atlanta. They're down with three minutes to go to Chicago. Max Truce somehow becomes a hero in a freaking play-in game against the Bulls. They pummel the Bucks. They beat the Knicks, and they're up 3-0 on the Celtics. Nothing has made sense. And it doesn't make sense to go up 3-0. It doesn't make sense to lose three in a row. And it doesn't make sense to go on the road and win a game seven. And that is exactly what they're going to do tonight. I'm sick of people like you doubting them. They're <laughs> going to win, Zaz. They are going to win. From you and JMP and ESPN West Palm, oh, they're over, they're over. They're not over. It's starting tonight. I'm tweeting out that damn picture of them being held back by Andy Ellisberg tonight to get ready for the Nuggets. The Morris brothers, Jokic brothers scenario will be brought back up tonight, Zaz. See, you, like, you, you, this is not a put-on. You really believe that the Heat are, are, like, I was texting with you yesterday, and you, you are very confident going into tonight's game. I'm not. I, I, and and I'll, and I'll I'll tell you what happened with me, okay? So, I'm a grown-up now. Not that I, not that I don't take these the heat the big heat losses you know hard or very serious like I was super upset when they lost last year game seven although I was really proud of them at the same time you know I got over that one pretty quick but I but I, I was very upset but I I don't I don't react the way that I used to okay yeah you know, I, I just I'm a grown up now all right I I it used to really be life and death with me and I've gotten away from that well. For me, that came back the other night because my behavior throughout the entire game six, and I didn't know that I was going to behave like this. I didn't know that I was going to be feeling this way. My behavior for that entire game six was back to like peak fandom madness. And 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 as a result, I was, and, and probably because I, I haven't been invested that way in, in at least a decade, I was completely and am completely emotionally drained after yeah. they lost that game. And I, 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 can't, I can't recover. I, I have not been able to recover from it. Well, it's interesting. So during the course of the game and after the Derek White tipping, I was actually fine. I don't know why I was fine, but I was fine. But then middle of the night, couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. And, and any dream was I was delayed. having that night involved the game. I, I couldn't sleep. It was delayed for me. I don't know why I wasn't. I wasn't throwing things on the tiffin. I go to sleep. My wife and daughter were at the Taylor Swift concert, so they weren't around. It was just my son and I. He goes to sleep. He's furious. He's the way that you and I would have been 10 years ago, right? I finally get him to sleep. I go back to my room. 
I go to sleep and then two, three o'clock in the morning, I'm wide awake. I, I, I can't sleep. I can. And then I realized there's 48 hours until another one of these. So it really hit me then. But yes, I'm, this is not shtick. I'm really confident because of the fact that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to go on the road and win this game. If this was a logical season, if this was any of the big three seasons, if it was the Wade and Shaq seasons, there are a lot of reasons that that makes sense. And if you think about this group, the Jimmy Bam group, and everybody that's been around them for the last four years, they're not good as a favorite. They lost the game seven at home last year to the Celtics. Let's not forget that, right? In some ways, for the first three games of this series, they became a favorite. And that's not them. They are only, like There's a reason that people, whether it's fair or not, constantly bring up the, under, the undrafted stuff. There's a reason that this team loves being the underdogs and being the ones with the chip on their shoulder. Up 3-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals? Not with this group. That doesn't fit any part of them. Any part of them. Going and playing a lottery team doesn't fit any part of them. Going on the road to Boston to a Game 7 and winning is everything that this team is. It's not Wade and Shaq. It's not LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. These are not the favorites. I think they're very uncomfortable and out of place as a favorite. And now they're back tonight, I believe, Zaz, in their normal environment as the underdog being counted out. They're back home now. They haven't been home for the last three games. That's not who they are. So my reasoning is the only thing that makes sense with this group is that nothing makes sense. I know that's not an X's and O's reason, but that is what I'm hanging my hat on right now. What do you make of Jimmy's performance? To me, he, he looks like he's out of gas. Yeah, and that scares me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna publicly now ask on to your show, Zazlo 2.0, after the season, whenever that is, because I want to talk to you if I can ask on about do they championship or not? Do they treat this season as that they were good or bad? And part of it is, do you look at Jimmy and say he has maxed out as a player, which is an amazing compliment, and we'll get him to the Hall of Fame as a guy that could single-handedly-ish take you to the conference finals. Dwayne was not a conference finals guy. Dwayne was a finals guy, right? And and so I think there's part of this that, yeah, Jimmy could look out of gas, but I would make the arguments, and you may disagree, we haven't seen the playoff Jimmy, I don't think, since the Buck series. Right. The ankle injury, the wear and tear, the ankle injury in the Knicks series, and slash, like, he didn't need to do that against the Knicks. Well, you know, the fourth quarter of game two, this series. Sure, but that's one quarter. Yeah, against the one Bucks quarter. And right, against right, right. The in the finals, it was four quarters. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so we haven't seen that version of him. So part of me hopes that shows up tonight and that he really does kind of save those for when he needs to do them. But, I mean, you and I have both been kind of riding the roller coaster with Bam. It's one game you realize, my God, he is dominant without scoring points against the Knicks. Like, you can dominate defensively. This series, in the last few games, I wouldn't say he's dominated defensively or offensively. He was so good the first couple of games. Oh, he was so yeah. good. So good. But I think they're almost forcing it to him a little bit right now. I would I, I would do something different tonight if I'm Spo. And he, you may think this is crazy, but I would go back to Kevin Love in the starting lineup. I'd bring Caleb Martin off the bench. And... I'd have Bam guard Jason Tatum. You're risking foul trouble. I get that. But I put Bam on Tatum and I'd put Jimmy on Jalen Brown. And I just say, from the beginning, we're going to guard their best two players. I know most people look at them and say, you know, go zone tonight, more zone because the percentages have worked better in their favor. I just wonder if you need to engage Bam early 
and maybe playing Bam a little bit more at the point and let him bring up the ball, just get involved, do something. That said, if Jimmy takes every single shot tonight, I'm okay with that. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I know there's been criticism of Jimmy, obviously, because of last game, but I, I got to be honest with you. No matter what kind of performance we get out of Jimmy tonight, he, he could be bad again. We can get very little from Jimmy tonight. There is nothing that can happen with Jimmy Butler tonight that's going to have me saying anything negative about him after this series ends, the season ends, or whatever. Like, I have, I have extraordinarily little criticism. For Jimmy Butler. I, I I agree, but let me ask you this. Is this a criticism or is this if if your scenario is correct and mine is not, okay, which means that they go home tonight. If I say, which I did and I'll reiterate, Jimmy Butler is the kind of superstar that can get you to the Eastern Conference Finals. Is that an insult? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is is that an insult? I don't think so i don't but think it is but i i, I don't know it's to be had that's the problem right you couldn't say you and i are not lebron fans right at all right like if we couldn't say even as haters oh lebron can only get you to the conference finals that's just not true i mean the guy's played in 10 nba finals right if you want to say he's an nba finals superstar where michael's is a ch michael is a championship superstar fine but jimmy would in, in this scenario would have been so unbelievable that he would have figured out a way of getting this team that is not loaded with stars to the Eastern Conference Finals three or four years. Yeah, that's pretty damn good, but yeah. it's not to the level that that we're used to as he or we want to be as Heat fans. That said, don't write them off. I mean, they they were not that good in, in Game Six, and they basically won the game. I mean, we could sit here and talk about the clock situation all day, and it was absurd that they put the .9 back on instead of the .345 or whatever it may be. But, that you know, yes, the box out, terrible by the Heat, obviously. But they basically won that game, and they were right there. And this is the kind of game tonight where they're in their element. They're in their environment. They're the underdogs, and they're counted out. They're not the favorites. They're not in their minds. They're not one inch away from the finals, even though they are. I just see them different tonight. I see every part of this series and every part of this year ending in June. And I'll tell you one other thing. You think these basketball gods that are out there are going to sit and let Udonis Haslam finish his career <laughs> in any other round of the NBA Finals? They know better than that. They know that number 40 ends in June and not in May. <laughs> what uh what were your emotions i want to talk about game six now all the hot oh. button game six issues what what were your emotions when jimmy was stepping to the line for the three free throws i was nervous i'm not gonna sit here and lie i mean jimmy hits most of his free did throws. you feel like he was gonna get all i mean i think he missed three free throws early not in a row i think he missed three free throws earlier in the game like he wasn't shooting the free throws well like he normally does. Did did you feel? Do you feel? Did you feel like he was going to make all three? I had my doubts. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I I almost went into that not caring about the three. I just wanted the two. Just get it to overtime. Just get it to overtime. I'm not worried about anything else in that spot. Just get it to overtime. He hits all three, and it was amazing. And you know, Spo did say it after the game that their number one focus and their number one priority was making sure Jason Tatum doesn't yeah. shoot that final shot, which. Yeah. I'm not mad at. No, they got it right. 
Yeah, they get like in terms of the way it went, they got it right. Yeah, they, they got it right. The aftermath and and putting Struess in late was interesting. And I, I'm I'm a Matt Struess fan. I will just ask the question kind of out of the side of my mouth and like wondering like when did Duncan Robinson get so good at everything? Because he's not even like bad on defense. Well, he's he's absolutely you know in hand, like they're not gonna have a problem trading him the offseason now. They're going to find uh, a taker. Why would you trade him at this point? <laughs> I mean, Struz is going to ask for similar right. with more years. So you're saying if you could pick between the two, you, you would keep Robinson because you, you cannot keep them both. You can't keep them both. No, you can't keep – regardless of what happens with Tyler yeah, Hero, you, you can't, can't keep, keep both. both of those guys. Yeah. And if Duncan is a playmaker all of a sudden and, like, finishing with his left hand – I'm really happy for him. I, I knew he was going to have a place. I knew he was going to have a role – I'm really happy for him. He's been terrific. Yeah. And, I, and I got to tell you, I've already talked about this. I know, you know, throughout all the complaining, and it's like the thing that I'm most focused on is Duncan missing those two threes. For me, that is such a non-factor. It, does, it, it doesn't even compute with me as something to be angry about. Evan, we were up one with two seconds left. Why do I care that Duncan Robinson no, you're right. missed the three? You're right. You're right. You're right. And I by don't the way, care. Remember, remember, the evolution of this guy's season this year he wouldn't have taken those a month ago, right? And so part of it is you have to take those shots. That's the thing with Bam. You know, you've had you've had our buddy Brian Geltzeiler on a bunch from NBA Radio on Sirius. And Geltz says something that I always give him credit for because I think it's really smart. Geltz would say about the Warriors, and it's not apples to apples, but he'd say about the Warriors, he always thought Draymond just needed to shoot. Whether he made the shots or not, he just needed to shoot to make sure that they just didn't ignore him altogether offensively. Nobody's ever going to ignore Duncan Robinson, but I'll apply that logic to two people. Duncan taking those shots is still a good thing. Yeah. And Bam's got to shoot. And Jimmy's got to shoot. Like, they just have to shoot the ball more often. And it can't be, well, nobody's going to shoot, so Caleb will try to bail, bail you out, which is an amazing statement even in itself. But, my God, what would you do starting lineup tonight, Jess? Um, I would probably stick with the same group they had last game. So you're going short in rotation. Yeah. And you're going, I know you don't want to play Lowry off the bench, but you probably have to, right? In I, your I mean, I, I don't know why they have to. Like, the reason that they have to is because, okay, we don't have another ball handler because Tyler is out. I, Jimmy and Bam are the ball handlers. Like, they, right. they don't, you don't need that ball handler off the bench. So, no, I would not play Lowry, and I would give Haywood Highsmith all of Lowry's minutes. Like, why wouldn't I give those minutes to a guy who could bother Jason Tatum and knock down a corner three? I don't – now, they're going to play Lowry because their thought process is going to be, hey, this moment right here, game seven, it, this is exactly why we brought you here. So right. we're we're going to trust the reasons that we brought you here, and we're going to play you tonight even though you're a terrible player. Th we're going to trust our initial instincts two years ago as to why you're here, and you're going to play tonight. So they're definitely going to play him. But I wouldn't. I would give Haywood Highsmith all of his minutes tonight. So if it was up to Coach Zaslow tonight, there would be seven guys playing with with only Highsmith and Robinson off the bench. Is that correct? Uh, no. Well, well you're, you're going to need some size minutes at one point, be their lover Zeller, to come in for Bam. He can't play 48 minutes. So, you know, we're talking we're talking eight guys. I mean. So we're talking eight guys. Right, but. Bam and Jimmy have to play as close to 48 minutes as they possibly can. They have to play as much as they can unless they, they look to the side and say, hey, I need a blow. Otherwise, they play. There are probably three guys that need to play at this point 
44 or more. The two we just mentioned and Caleb Martin. And by the, and by the way, is that not the 44. worst bench? By the way, is that not the worst bench ever in a game seven that I just gave you? Zeller, Robinson, Highsmith? Well, but you're choosing not to use the two guys that have won championships and been all-stars, right? So that's that's all. You're choosing not to use them. Let me just ask a ridiculous one. Is there any chance Boy Wonders dusted off tonight? I thought I thought he was going to play game six. And because he did not, uh, I do not believe there's a chance of him playing tonight. If, well, if you were going to play him, you got to have at least on. the warm-up game six. Why do you have to play him? I'm just saying dress him. Oh, oh well, okay. Get in their head a little bit. You know, hey, we got to worry about something well, different. But if they were going to do that, you wouldn't have listed him out yesterday. You should have right. listed him questionable. You're probably right about that. Yeah. You're, I mean, he's, he's clearly not going to, to play. I just was thinking about if there's any chance that they could just dress him to throw. And, and they should they should have listed him yesterday doubtful, you know. So, uh, you know, there's something else. So, JMP, who you know, Jeremy Morris Peltz, ESPN West Palm, texted me the other day. He said, basically, game seven, the way he's looking at it is Spolstra versus the Celtics, which I thought was an interesting thing. You almost need to do something that they haven't seen. You know, I don't know if it's the Nick Nurse with the Raptors boxing one on Steph on Jason Tatum. I don't know what it is. But I do wonder if Spolstra is going to come up with something. Because if anyone could do it, you know he can. He also sticks to his guns. He doesn't randomly try things for no reason. I just And maybe it is more zone. Maybe it is more Bam at the one and bringing up the ball in the pick and roll of Bam and Jimmy. I'm not sure what it is. But you do wonder, Zaz, if there's anything Spo can do tonight to kind of just try something different to disrupt the flow. I don't know how much different there is once you get to game seven. I think I think the later in the series you get, especially with two really good teams, it's it's not about the adjustments anymore. There's no tricking. There's no surprising. Like we're we're at the place where yeah, it's going to be their best against our best. Like I I think I think it, I think once you're in game, like I don't think you're saving anything by the time you got to game seven. I think by the time you get here, it's like all right, we've shown you everything we've got. So you've shown us everything you got. Now we're just going to go out there and like we got to play. Like I, I don't think there's any any more surprises to be had. At this point, well, there's, there's one thing I would do defensively. One thing I would consider, and I know this may sound ridiculous based on the way he's played. I try to get Marcus Smart's mindset into being a scorer on the ball immediately and not there for a kick out and not there to take the open shot. Marcus Smart has a habit historically of when he thinks he's on taking bad shots and it always hurts the Celtics. So I would try any way I can of making him into an, a mindset wise a scorer right off the bat. I mean, and let's be honest, you hate Kyle Lowry, but Kyle Lowry tried to break Jalen Brown's wrist. I mean, that was pretty clear. He tried to, like... And yeah, the only thing he's done this series is be really dirty. It's the only thing he's done. It's something. I mean, it's not how I would advise playing, but it's something. But trust me, you know, in the middle of the night the other night, when I can't sleep, you don't think I'm thinking about, can they just start Udonis and can he knock the crap out of some of these guys? It went through my mind. I mean, let's be honest. Let me ask you here. Do you... Well, let's talk about game six, officiating. Do you get wrapped up in, and I'm not just talking about the conspiracy theory stuff. We got weird Eric Lewis stuff going on out there. There's the video of him from game two where he, he really makes a frown face after a basket by Jimmy Butler, which is so odd. I don't even know what to do with that. Um, but the conspiracy stuff, NBA wants to get to game seven. NBA wants Boston in the finals. Uh, Scott Foster is officiating this game, whatever. Do you get wrapped up in that kind of stuff? No, because I just refuse to believe that the NBA is rigged. I refuse to believe it. 
Do I believe there could be a one-off person like Donaghy? Of course. Do I believe there's something weird with this this Twitter from Eric Lewis, the referee? Sure. Do I think the NBA wants a game seven and yes? Do I think they're going to act on it? Absolutely not. Do I think that they want as many people watching the NBA finals as possible? Of course. Here's the problem with that whole argument. The Nuggets are in the finals already. They just swept the Lakers with LeBron James. So, like, isn't that to some extent out the window? I don't think the NBA – if the NBA is anti-heat, why would they be the best team in the Eastern Conference over the last almost 20 years? Why would they have more finals appearances than anybody? Why would they have the – why is it, like, the last 20 years are basically, you know, it's the Heat, it's the Warriors, and the Spurs, right? And however you want to look at it, you know, over the 20, 25 years, whatever. Since the Heat won a title in 06, right? I, I just don't see that the NBA is anti-heat. In that specific moment with the clock, I didn't understand it, right? I thought that was terrible. Yes, yeah, so let's, let's, talk, let's talk about the clock now here. Yeah, but I want to point one thing out. And somebody pointed this out to me on Twitter. So with the Saints and the Rams in the NFC title game years mm-hmm. ago, or whatever it was, when there was that ridiculous call and then everybody was going crazy, I always said on the air, and you've probably heard me say this, well, wait a minute. And I said this to Sean Payton's face, and he got mad at me in an interview once. I said, you guys took the lead on the next play. You kick a field goal. Breeze throws an interception yeah. in overtime. That's on you. That's not on the reps. He took the lead. They took Did the you lead. actually say to Sean Payton, that's on you? Oh, I don't know I if I said that. it back. <laughs> no, that would have been that that would have been dog who would have had the guts. I, I don't have full guts in that regard. But I said, I, I give me a break. You weren't screwed. You took the lead on the next play, right? So can we really say the Heat were screwed? No, because Jimmy hit the three free throws. It was one of the weirdest things because well, well I, I weird- don't, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe what you just said that they what? weren't screwed there because they, they, because literally the Celtics wouldn't have had time. Like it wouldn't have been possible for the thing that happened to happen. Like it's not like if Marcus, like if Marcus Smart hit the shot, then okay, like they weren't screwed. But he didn't. He missed it, and because they added the more time, they were allowed right. to do the other thing. So I don't agree with that. Okay, but they still had the lead on an imbalance at home to try to win to go to the finals, right? Which, again, that's them as the as the favorite yeah. and not the underdog. So it's, that's not their natural environment is how I look at it. But I also don't understand, should it be three shots or two shots? Did the foul happen before the shot or after the shot? And if it happened after the shot, there can't be three seconds. If it happened before okay. the shot, All right. crazy. So, so, so here's the thing. So, like, the league's two-minute report came out yesterday. Right. Everything in that scenario was right. They ruled. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That means nothing to me because here's the thing. The league's last two minute reports, they're going to, Oh, what, what do you mean? I mean, like, like they're not covering anything up. They, they make mistakes. They make mistakes and they say it all the time in the league's two minute report. No, what they do in the league's two minute report is there are live action whistles, live action calls, which mistakes are made all the time. And right. so those are listed as correct or incorrect in the league's last two minute reports. There is no chance that after a play goes to video review, not a live action ruling, a video review, that they are then going to come out in the league's two minute reports and say that they still got it wrong because then you lose all credibility when guys are on the phone and on the headset and they're talking to Secaucus and they're looking at slow-mo replay and everything. There is no chance that they were going to say that they got that wrong because otherwise what the hell are we doing with replay? So you're, the fact right. that the last two minute report said they got that right means nothing to me. 
nothing. I think that's that's very well said and very well thought out. I totally agree with you on that because there's there's other elements to that. The other thing that bothers me is can someone explain the technical foul on the rim and the hanging on the rim? If I that's still haven't speaking, gotten an explanation. I, yeah, I've had I to understand. figure that out myself. Now, I think I have the answer, but I still haven't gotten an explanation. But it's a foul, goaltending, and hanging on the like what yeah so a- apparently when you hang on the rim during play it's a technical foul period so that's the one shot now he right now because he hung on the rim they're ruling that that allowed him to block the shot legally block the shot but because he held the rim so it's going to be a goaltend and then you also had the foul so it, it's a four-point mess is what it ended up being but still no one's explained it to me but here's here's the problem though with that. I mean, I understand that, but in theory, hanging on the rim should negate anything that happens next because a technical foul would be the immediate action of you call the T, and then whatever happens after that is null and void. No, no, it's just that action is an automatic technical foul. Hanging on the rim right. for an advantage during play but is an they automatic stop the game at that point. Well, but they I'm did. Well, it. but they did. Right, the whistle blew for a foul. Right. But after that, I'm just, and then I, they didn't explain that at all. It was a mess. It was a total mess. It was a mess. Total. And then, and then, uh, I, I, again, I don't believe in any of the conspiracy theory stuff. No. I think mistakes are made, but I don't believe in any of the conspiracy theory stuff. For the life of me, I don't know how the Jalen Brown hook that Spo challenged in the second quarter, and he never challenges before late in the fourth quarter. So you know yeah. how sure they were that they were going to win that one. And like, it saved a point. We're not trying to save a point. We're trying to save three points and get a, t- a fourth foul picked up on Jalen Brown there. For the remove life- a third, and remove a third foul from Caleb Martin. Like, I, 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 well, they did remove that foul. Because, I know, but I'm yeah. saying that, that there was there was three or four yeah. elements of that challenge, which is why he did it so early. And I was surprised he did it also. But it was the hook. It was, so the fat, it should have been an offensive foul on Brown, which then eliminates the two and eliminates the chance at a three and then eliminates the third foul. On, and on puts Taylor. Brown on the bench. Correct. Correct. I, I, and so then, so then if we talk about the final play, all right, the, the, the point nine seconds, I, I, I don't believe there's any conspiracy bullshit going on. I just believe they fucked up. I believe they got it wrong. All right. Because if the foul is with, Three seconds left. We've seen all the still pictures at this point. I'm not even sure that Horford's hand is on Jimmy's hip yet. If you want to say that it is, okay. Well, it can't be both. If the foul occurred right there, then it's a two-shot foul. Yep. Like that, it's that's clear as day. That's right. a two-shot foul, then. If the foul is called with the hack, and listen, Evan, there is no chance. With, with with the Eastern Conference Championship on the line, they're calling a foul with three seconds left because Horford's hand was grazing Jimmy Butler's hip. Fucking bullshit. No way was that the call that was made. The call was when he hacked him across his arms with, I don't know, the clock stopped at 2.1. It, do you want to call it 2.4, 2.5, 2.6, 2.7? Okay, but it wasn't three. I know that for sure. So, and then there's the whole scenario of, oh, I, I, I keep seeing this. The TV clock is not the same as the actual game right. clock. I've seen that, yep. I've been, been watching the NBA my entire life. I've never heard that argument. Now, that could be true. I've never heard that come into play. How many times do we see clock has to be adjusted at the end of a game, and they do it, and none of us are confused because the game clock is not synced 
with the TV clock. It's never happened before. And then with the final play of the game, I'm watching the game. Why was it miraculously synced perfectly for Derek White's putback? I'm looking at the TV clock there. I see the game clock as well. They're perfectly in sync. They fixed it in that two-minute stretch right there to make sure it was okay. That's bullshit, Evan. It's bullshit. I, I totally agree with you. I want to point out one other thing about that final play that I have not heard anybody say. Maybe it's been said and I didn't hear. And I felt this all year long. That shot against Boston a year ago, the miss three, has truly impacted Jimmy Butler in a way that I think that we don't talk about enough. I said to my son when they were down two in that moment, he's taken a three, and he's taken last year's three, and that's what he was hunting. Yeah, he's been hunting that shot. Yeah, he wants it back all year. Yeah. he wants that back so badly that I actually think. And I you weren't love saying him. on that play, go for the three. I was saying it loud. Shoot the three. Shoot the three. No, I wanted I, it. No, but I said he's going to shoot that shot. And if you watch the play again, that's what he tried to do. They cut him off there. He had to go to the corner. As a result, I'm telling you, Zaz, he has been trying to make up for that shot. All year. I think long. you're right. I think you're right. And if there's that moment tonight, he will try to do it again. That shot has affected that man in a way that he does not think about everything he did to get them into that position. It's like it's, it's, it's like it's like Roy McAvoy in Tin Cup. He refuses to take any other shot. He needs to do he he needs to do the shot where he gets it over the water. He won't take and, any other shot. And if you watch him, his best, which you do, and everybody watching, I'm sure, and listening does. His best three-pointers are on set threes, not downhill pull-up athletic threes. Mm -hmm. It's almost like Dwayne. When Dwayne would have bad legs, his jumper was better. They're not – this is not Clay Thompson shooting, you know, the perfect form. They're better on the flat-footed jumpers Mm -hmm. with less air. And Jimmy will not let up on that because he was hunting that shot. Yep. If I'm telling you, if that in and out did not happen that way last year – the play two nights ago on Saturday night would have looked differently. He would not have hunted that shot. He would have tried to go to the basket and get fouled. I guarantee you that shot has taken over his mind. I'm telling you, we're going to see it again tonight. I think you're right. He's going to hunt that shot tonight. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Let me ask you one thing, and I know you got to run, but let me ask you one thing. If it's not Jimmy and Bam tonight and they win, who is it? Who's going to have the Mike Miller shoe game? Who's going to have the Jason Williams game six against Detroit Eastern Conference Finals game? Who's going to have Battier game, the Ray Allen game? Who's going to have that game tonight in your mind? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to settle on either Robinson or Vincent. Uh, I don't necessarily know which one. But I, I could see Robinson and Vincent having it. Because it's got to be someone who's going to get them a bunch of threes. Like, that has to be our great equalizer. We're going to have to hit the threes like we did game six. We played terrible, and the only reason we had a chance, we had a lot of threes, you know? So it's got to be it's got to be someone who can hit a bunch of threes. So I, I, I go Robinson or Vincent. Yeah. In that scenario, I would actually go Struess in that scenario. And that's, like, mindset. I keep coming back to one thing. They ever figured out a way within the flow of the offense to just say to Kevin Love, beat the crap out of people inside. You're always going to have a smaller guy on you. Humble them. We don't care if you foul out offensively. And I'm talking 10 total points. And by the way, he may not play one second tonight. He didn't the other night, right? Yeah. But he's the one guy that, like, could he maybe possibly 
Probably not, but I'm just I, I don't know. I'm just I thinking feel like I, I, I think he's going to play because I think it's game seven and, and the same way that they're gonna play Lowry, they're gonna do the same thing with love, where we brought you here for a reason. You've been in this spot before. Let's see what you got. It would be a mistake if we didn't at least give you a look tonight. I think love plays. All right. I, I just want to say one other thing. I want to reiterate something. Okay. This goes to you. This goes to any Heat person out there that has their doubts tonight. Udonis's career does not end in May. Jimmy Butler did not come to South Florida to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Bam has not been crowned as the Nets' big thing just to be good at times defensively, a lot of times defensively. This team was built in the mud and the dirt. This team was not built as a favorite. They were built as an underdog. They have thrived as an underdog from the bubble till now. Nothing about this season has made sense. Nothing. And it makes absolutely no sense to win on the road in Boston tonight. And so this season continues because it makes no sense. And we'll talk in June. What a speech. What a what a speech! I mean, you want you want Phil Collins in the air tonight. Uh, Ray oh, Lewis, oh, Michael Irvin, oh, forget Pepper about that. Play Evan Cohen in the locker room. Peppers was playing today. Seven Nation Army in my house. I went Glenn Fry this morning. The heat is on. Let's go! Wow, wow, that's that's a that's a good place to leave it, Evan. That's a good job out of you. So you're gonna be very nervous though watching tonight. Are you pacing? What do we do? Do we pace? Yeah. Do we paste her in the game? Or are we on our? Fe- I was on my feet the whole game six. No, I have a specific shirt in a specific spot that I wear. I go very. I don't move. I don't move. Yeah, I'm gonna be watching the whole game standing up, unless we're down by twenty. That I gotta sit down. Stop it! <laughs> Stop with that. Check in with <laughs> Evan. Excellent job. Uh, tell everybody how they can hear you. Of course, go ahead. Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., Mad Dog Sports Radio Channel 82, NBA Radio Channel 86, ESPN West Palm a little bit as well, and of course on the Zazzle Show 2.0. Great job, Evan. Thank you, pal. Thanks, Ed. Excellent job, of course, our pal there, Evan Cummings. What a speech. He's he's very confident tonight. I I wish I had his confidence, but hey, yeah, that's man, I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm glad he's really confident. Tonight's gonna be tough. Killing the time to get to tonight's gonna be tough. I'm glad he had that. There, there were things that he, that he said that made me feel good. Didn't make me feel, uh, you know, it, it hasn't changed my opinion about tonight. I think we're in big trouble. But I, I think you're a Heat fan. You're listening right there. You love what Evan said. You love the speech right there. He's a huge Udonis Haslam guy. And, of course, all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 are always brought to us by Johnny Cuba, official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, guys, you know, speaking of sponsors, one of our great sponsors Brunt Insurance. I got a message from my man Michael the other day how Brunt Insurance just saved him so much money on his homeowner's insurance. He heard Brunt Insurance on Zaslow Show 2.0. He personally reached out to me. Zaslow, thank you so much. I called Brunt Insurance at 954-589-2204. They saved me so much money. I was so happy to hear that. Look, go to BruntInsurance.com. I've had my homeowner's insurance through Brunt Insurance for 10 years now. The only insurance agency I use because I know several things. I know I'm getting the best rate out there. I'm getting affordable care. I'm getting all the coverage I need. And if I have any questions, I could call the man himself, Greg Brunt. I can speak right to him. 954-589-2204. Listen, 
You know you need homeowner's insurance, but you don't know everything you need with your homeowner's insurance. The market is really confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you. Fully licensed staff, they know exactly what area that you're calling from because from Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance has the comprehensive insurance coverage which is tailored exactly to your needs. Again, 954-589-2204. Brunt Insurance was recently rated number five insurance agency in the country. Number one in Florida. Number five in the country. 954-589-2204. Again, bruntinsurance.com. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. If you're dealing with water mold or fire damage in your home, that could be a big deal. Maybe it's not a big deal. Let my boys at Water Cleanup of Florida tell you if it's a big deal or not a big deal. Water Cleanup of Florida, licensed general contractor, providing A to Z service, that one-stop shopping that we're all looking for. Call or text Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635. Let Water Cleanup of Florida tell you if it's a big deal or not a big deal. All right, big deal or not a big deal. Other things did happen this weekend. For one, the Miami Marlins. They swept that ass. They went out there to Los Angeles. They swept Shohei Otani and the LA Angels. They're now 28-26. and 26. They won yesterday 2-0, including a home run from catcher Nick Fortes. Closer to four and a half. As Fortes sends a fly ball out to left field. This one's going back and into the bullpen. Solo home run, Nick Fortes. Marlins take a 1-0 lead. That's right. So again, the Marlins, three in a row. 28-26, second place in the NL East. I go big deal. Okay, whatever. They're over 500. I go big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. All right. We did some family time over the weekend, and that means on Saturday morning, we went out and saw Fast X. That's the Fast and the Furious' 10th movie. That's what X is for. In Roman numerals, X means 10. I'm going to go big deal. That movie was fun as hell. The movie is exactly what you would expect it to be. It makes no sense to see a Fast and the Furious movie. And I've only seen, I think it's the third out of the ten that I've seen. I've only seen three of them. It makes no sense to go to a Fast and the Furious movie like, oh, I didn't like it. What's not to like? It's a ridiculous movie. It's crazy action. It's a lot of fun. I'll go big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? Tonight, will the Florida Panthers find out who their Stanley Cup Finals opponent is? Las Vegas at Dallas, game six, tonight at 8 p.m. That's a big deal. That gets small TV in the Zaslow Mansion family room. Now, we know for sure, though, because the series has gone six games, whoever it is that the Panthers are facing, be it in Vegas or in Dallas, game one is Saturday night of the Stanley Cup Finals. That's a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, this was a huge wrestling weekend. We got another edition of It's Still Real to Me, which is going to drop today also. So keep a look out of that. We had a reaction show on Saturday to WWE Night of Champions. Go back and listen to It's Still Real to Me from the weekend. And we're going to have a reaction show today for AEW Double or Nothing. Another It's Still Real to Me is coming out today. Make sure you check that out. That's a big deal. And that right there is another edition. A big deal or not a big deal, courtesy of Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635. If you got water, mold, or fire damage, let Water Cleanup of Florida tell you if that's a big deal or not a big deal. All right. That's it. 
the next time we talk, tomorrow morning, we're either completely devastated or we are celebrating an unbelievable run through the Eastern Conference playoffs. What's it going to be? I I don't know. I can't tell the future. I I, I don't know. Thanks to everybody who listened today. That's right, Memorial Day. We're still pumping out a show. I really appreciate you guys. I hope you do some nice family time today. Thanks to everybody who worked on Memorial Day and helped put together a great show here today. I can't do it without all your help. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Zaslow Show 2.0. Go with that. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.